0: three 104.5 the zone uh man austin huff getting a lot of y'all going positively and negatively that's pretty that's pretty hard to do to get you to like hate or love him in five minutes so well done austin uh, a lot of y'all want to fire austin huff which is really hard to do because he works for free <laughs> but <laughs> he came he came hard that's for sure um we're gonna to go to uh, Todd Furman in just a second, get his take on the AFC NFC Championship games. Andy and Mal Juliet, however, will join us now. Andy, what's up? What's going on, guys? How uh, are you, bad girl, bad girl? I feel for you. I had uh, I caught COVID and the flu at the same damn time, oh. <laughs> and then and then got pneumonia on top of that. So. Oh god!
1: Oh, I hope yeah. you're on the mend.
0: Yes, I am. I am. God don't want me to demonstrate. I'll take over. So I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so,
1: uh, <laughs> I like it. Good. Good to hear.
0: So, uh, but yeah, I feel. I was wondering what was up. I know Brett kept saying you, you know you were off that day. He was off that day, and I, I told Tony the to stud. He's staying here with you for a while. And I said, man, she got the COVID. I can guarantee it she does. Yeah. And uh, I've had
1: it and had all that, and he ain't caught a damn thing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it
0: I mean, I, some and I not had multiple others. people in my house that didn't didn't get it. So yeah, yeah and I'm, I only had it for a minute. Um So I'm it, fascinated. Yeah, it. I have to. So, it, it, so are all
1: of us. Yeah, that, it, <laughs> that it, had it.
0: It hits different people in in different ways, man. Uh, appreciate you, uh, Andy. Thanks for checking yes. in, bro.
1: Take care of yourself. What does everyone say? Hydrate.
0: Definitely that, man. You just you want water all the time. I was kind of pissed water. though, like that I had five negative tests and one positive test, and then I I had to uh, deal with not being here. But anyway, uh, Todd Furman joins us from Las Vegas.
2: Um, Todd, what's up? How are you? I'm doing very well this afternoon, guys. How are you holding up?
3: Doing, doing well. Furman, you sound like you're smiling.
2: No, I'm I'm always smiling when I get to talk to you, Slay. That's the highlight of my week. You know this, my friend. I'm just, I just have a question guys, and uh, I was obviously invested, I was invested in the travesty at Nissan on Saturday, but, uh, you know, my feelings were hurt that Lisa decided to come attack me after watching those two games the Bengals and Titans, and then watching the Bills and Chiefs. You guys do understand why I called one game the JV and one game the varsity, right?
0: Without question. (laughs) That might have been the Super Bowl. That that might have been more than a a varsity football game.
2: You You know, honestly, though, when you look at it, and I think Titans, this won't be lost on Titans fans, I actually feel bad because I think that roster was capable at every single position out there of potentially winning a super bowl but you begin to wonder can they keep the key pieces together and is Ryan Tannehill the guy he shouldn't shoulder all the responsibility but a good portion of that and some of that decision making clearly fell on the pivot's shoulders
0: were you into like as crazy as those games were over the weekend were you into some live betting during those things
2: You know, didn't do a whole heck of a lot there. I did take a position on the 49ers at halftime because uh, it didn't quite get to the number that I wanted to bet them before the game. Uh, But when they trailed by seven at the break, was able to get seven and a half adjusted and figured... As poorly as San Francisco had played through the first 30 minutes, things couldn't possibly go worse for them, and when you look at some of the momentum plays that came through, including the block field goal after the busted coverage to Aaron Jones, and Green Bay only really moving the ball consistently on their opening drive, uh, that was probably the biggest position in-game I took, aka halftime, whatever you want to call it.
0: You know, it's funny, looking at the uh, uh, odds to win during the last two minutes of the Bills-Chiefs game, like... it, it flipped so greatly it looked almost like a cardiac patient right like i mean it was, it was crazy
2: yeah beyond insane and you know i saw some books offering prices as high as 35 to one when kansas city got the football back with 13 seconds to go <laughs> and the reality of it is you have such a narrow window to get the bet in and sure there were people that had the foresight to cash that ticket but i'm not going to sugarcoat it if anybody is taking 35 to one on a team being down a field goal with 13 seconds, I don't care who the quarterback is, it is an awful bet. (laughs) You need so many things to go right there. I mean, that price should have been at minimum 100-1, to but you see people showboating, and it's the problem with sports betting, unfortunately, that you go, oh, you know what, I'm going to take a shot here. And you may win it the first time, and you're obviously playing from the catbird seat, but from a probability standpoint, there may not have been a single worse bet you could make all weekend long than betting Kansas City on the money line to win that football game with 13 seconds left.
0: I mean, just absolutely amazing. And Brett Batchelor put it well uh, the other day. Our producer, he's in for Joe Hunt, uh, Todd. He said uh, it took Dak Prescott and the Cowboys longer to run that quarterback draw than it did for Patrick Mahomes to drive down the field and kick the winning touchdown.
2: Oh, I mean, it's borderline oh, insanity. The thing, the thing that you needed to go right if you were the Kansas City Chiefs there, and a credit to Mahomes, we've obviously seen the clip of Travis Kelsey recognizing the defense saying he was going to be open in the slot. And all the little things that they did to give Harrison Budker even a chance to hit that 49-yard field goal and force overtime is what probably 25 to 28 NFL franchises aren't capable of doing. It's having the awareness. It's knowing the time and the situation and all the pieces pulling in the same direction to even give you a snowball's chance in hell to pull off that comeback.
0: At Todd Furman on Twitter. uh, You can catch him there. Bet the Board Podcast. You need to definitely subscribe. uh, And while you're there, rate and review and all of those things. Don?
1: As a, a sports uh, better, where do you fall on the overtime rules in the NFL, especially in the postseason? I'm
2: actually perfectly fine with the overtime rules the way they are. Now, I understand people want both quarterbacks to possess the football, which I guess makes sense, but at the same time, where does that leave us on the third possession? Whoever receives the opening kickoff is going to have a competitive advantage, and the reality of it is, to be successful, and I don't care if it's baseball, football, hockey, lacrosse, you name it, you have to be good offensively, you have to be good defensively. Defensively, and I think a lot of people look at it and go, well, it's a huge disadvantage if you don't get the ball. I'd look at it the other way. If I get a stop defensively, I know if I need a field goal to win it or a touchdown to go through. And, you know, I think a lot of the people on social media say, well, in hockey, you know, both teams get to touch the puck. Well, that's not true either. If I win the faceoff and my opponent never touches it, I have a chance to win the game, baseball maybe being a little bit of the outlier there. But I've seen that some of the smaller leagues are going to experiment with sudden death in baseball after the 10th inning, where the home team will get a chance to go on offense or defense depending on how they feel they should be in the 11th and beyond. I just think the other thing that factors in that nobody wants to try and address and why college obviously had to make adjustments is you're talking about putting a team at a huge disadvantage. If you play an additional 15 minutes and the game is still tied, then we play another quarter, it's not the same dynamic as NHL overtime where it's a best-of-seven series where both teams in a subsequent game will be behind the eight ball. Because I can tell you if Kansas City had to go a full 30 minutes should they have traded scores, there's no chance that they would be healthy enough to compete this coming week in the AFC Championship.
0: Well, speaking of the AFC Championship, Todd Furman, our guy in Vegas, at Todd Furman on Twitter. What do you think about that? Kansas City, uh, seven last time I looked uh, against the Bengals. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, pretty much painted uh, everywhere you look. I think it's actually the perfect number. We did see some books open six and a half. Folks look to lay it right on the open, yep. and I think at seven and a half, you're going to get a slight appetite for the underdog. But one thing for the Bengals, and this will sound somewhat counterintuitive that works against them here, is Kansas City isn't going to get caught in a letdown. And I know a lot of people go, well, there's no way possible a team could let down in the AFC Championship. I, I don't necessarily buy that, but Kansas City, having lost earlier this year to the Bengals, they know what they're getting themselves in for they understand how the penalties went against them, and that the fact that they blew an 18-point lead... I look at Cincinnati through the first two playoff games, and I'm not going to discount anything they've done because watching Joe Burrow has been absolutely incredible, given how little help he's getting from his offensive line. But Zach Taylor's going to have to be a lot more aggressive. I mean, if they're going to continue to settle for four field goals a game, and Kansas City's putting touchdowns on the board, this thing will snowball quickly. Uh, I'm not advocating for either side here, but I think if you have access to a team total market, I think Kansas City is going to play on their front foot, and I look at Cincinnati defensively and have major questions about their secondary. So I'd be looking and a Chiefs team total over 30.5 or over 31.
0: What do you think about a team in the NFC Championship game that did not score an offensive touchdown going on the road, although it might turn out to be a home game for the 49ers, actually a a three-and-a-half point underdog? What do you think?
2: Yeah, I do think it's going to feel like a home game for San Francisco. When you look at some of the ticket restrictions they were trying to put in place in L.A., and then people quickly realize that this isn't going to stop the sea of red. I really anticipate that if the Rams – Are going to be smart. They should be working with a silent count. Because I think you're going to see a 65, maybe 70%. Fan base that'll be San Francisco, similar to Week 18. And it's amazing. When you think about the Rams that had a chance to eliminate the 49ers with a 17-point lead Week 18, and here we are again when Sean McVay stares across the sidelines at his kryptonite that's been Kyle Shanahan. And there were some excellent articles, and I wish I remembered the authors because I like to give people credit. I would put that together. So much of what the Rams have done is building a defense capable of stopping teams like the Chiefs. Well, that's not the same dynamic when you're looking to try and slow down a team like the 49ers, who's a little bit of a throwback that leans on a power ground game. So where the Rams are most efficient, especially with injuries now, they're not great at linebacker, they're a little bit banged up at the safety position, and that's where San Francisco wants to try and attack in the middle of the field. It's not coincidence that when you look at this Rams defense, there's only two two games this year where their opponents have averaged more than nine yards per pass attempt. Both of those games came against the 49ers, and that's with people obviously not being fans of Jimmy Garoppolo and what he means to an aerial attack.
0: Yeah, and they struggled against the Titans, obviously, um, against that that, uh, retro ground game.
2: Yeah, I mean, and the other thing's crazy too when you look at the 49ers, uh, going back to that Titans game, they have yet to string together two good halves of football. They were great in the first half against the Titans. They were dreadful in the second. They were dreadful in the first half against the Texans. They were great in the second. Awful in the first half against the Rams, and it goes on and on. So I think it's a scary thought process if this 49ers team feels like they're playing with a bit of house money. They're a little bit healthier now, that if they can put together a full 60 minutes, you begin to wonder when the Rams tighten up. Similar to what we saw in the fourth quarter when they were nursing such a large lead against the Bucs.
3: Well, Todd, my guys are getting down this weekend. Uh and t- tonight. My bad. I was talking about the prayers and the balls at the same time. But let's <laughs> hit the balls first. Tonight, man, got the gators. You think they cover?
2: You know, it's an interesting game, and I think when you look at the way Florida has played this year, they've been tough to try and figure out, a little bit disappointing in that regard. So when I go through a Tennessee game, and this, of course, won't be a shock to anybody, I think the under makes a lot of sense. I mean, both of these teams have capabilities of turning it into a half-court affair. It's always a little bit scary laying double digits where the number has climbed now uh, for the Vols and a price that opened 8.5. But I think under makes some sense. And in college basketball, I typically like to split my bets between first half and full game so you don't fall victim to the fall fest. Nothing I'm extremely bullish on, but I'd feel more comfortable making a case for the total uh, than I would a side in a game that will tip off just a few minutes from
0: now. I'm thinking Slay should have waited until after he talked with you. Is
2: that true, (laughs) Slay? Slate you already bet the over in the game?
0: No, I actually thought I, I, um, I
3: bet that they would win by 10. So
2: uh, You know what? I mean, if Tennessee clamps down defensively, they're more than capable of completely suffocating this Florida offense. My biggest fear is you guys know all too well, what are we going to get from the offensive end for Tennessee? And yeah. for a team that hasn't, a, hasn't broken 70 in each of their last two games against Vandy and LSU, it always is a little bit of a delicate balance asking a team to cover that kind of number, knowing that they're probably not going to get easy buckets and they don't play at an extremely quick pace pacer tempo.
3: Todd, you all right with me, man. I've been sneaking and making bets on the Preds, man, and they've been handling business for me. they got Edmonton you know, coming up. What you looking at?
2: Teams playing extremely well, and I think you know when you look back at how hot the Colorado Avalanche have been, the only two losses the Avs have suffered lately have been at the hands of the Preds at Bridgestone. So circle your calendars now, and while I think it'd be scary – Nashville is the one team in the Western Conference that I don't think Colorado wants to see because of their depth, because of their physicality and the ability of UC Soros to be able to steal games. But that's 40-plus games down the road. Uh, I think tomorrow night's game is going to be fascinating. It's not one at a pick that I see a strong case to be made for either side. When you look at Edmonton, uh, they've been a little bit snake bit around the net. Uh, I don't think the three goals they scored last night against Vancouver were indicative of how dominant they were. They had the highest amount of shots coming from the slot of any team in the NHL this year. And they're playing with a little bit more sense of purpose. The key for Nashville here is to get Edmonton to play from behind. They're no strangers to giving up the first goal in the game. And given how good Nashville has been, I think their record after last night is now twenty-one oh 0 one when they take a lead into the third period. They lock teams down better than anybody else, and I think it'll be a tremendous game uh, both ways with so much star power in both those rosters.
0: There he is. Todd Furman I'm Todd Furman on Twitter, Bet the Board Podcast. Check him out. Thank you, Todd.
2: Always a pleasure, guys. Uh, enjoy
0: the games this weekend.
3: Love it, thank you. Todd. There he is. Thanks, uh. Well, he's wrong they,
1: about the overtime rule, but anyway.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm uh, I mean, I'm. I'm indifferent on that one,
1: honestly. You're indifferent.
3: Yeah, I, like I. I would. No, like I to think see it's both a teams.
1: shame in that game that we yeah. just watched that you didn't get to see. Yeah. The other you, quarterback you, you're right.
3: go. You're right. You. You are totally right about that. But then, like,
1: and I know you can say stop somebody because that's usually what I say. Play defense. <laughs> at your own I, damn fault. Yeah. 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 But. <laughs> At the end of that game, and both defenses are exhausted.
3: Yeah. yeah, it was exciting. That's for sure. Um, I do know we're gonna eat gators tonight. <laughs> you had? Yeah, I mean,
1: I know you've had gator like from your playing days, but real gator? There's a
3: place yeah, down in Destin
0: that that you get yeah. it from. I forget. Actually, it's I like, like chewy, right? We had it in New Orleans. My,
3: um, senior, year, I think, and I had it there. It is chewy. I don't like it. Like, I got it.
0: I don't like it. Like, I don't want to just, hurt. hey, let's go eat gator. Like, I'm, cool I'm not that it. guy. I'm cool on it. <laughs> what about Todd's knowledge of Edmonton? I mean, yeah, shots from so the deep. slot. Right. We didn't tell him we were asking him about that. No, no we didn't.
3: He knows I- everything, I'll bet man. On
0: He's says, on it. Don is back, and I'm super late. But uh, we got it. We got it. Batsy, welcome back.
1: Ah, oh, missed y'all. Missed y'all.
0: You've still got a little healing to do, I think.
1: I have a lot of healing to do. A lot of healing. I'm about to go home and go to bed.
0: <laughs> I really thought you were walking up the stairs with that gigantic backpack that you have. I thought it was going to pull you down before you even got up.
1: Yeah, the I might have to. Uh, might have to switch bags for a little while until I get my energy back. All right, Damn Tennessee you COVID.
0: basketball is next. Go we'll balls. be back at it tomorrow. Love y'all. Later.
1: See ya.